on this Halloween episode of Comedy Rewind. Is Army of Darkness the weirdest comedy to make it onto this podcast? Do the campy special effects hold up or date this Evil Dead sequel? Why hasn't Bruce Campbell ever branched out into more lead roles? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me this Halloween episode of Comedy Rewind is Brendan White from The Hungry Gamers and our friend Matt Stallone from Audio Technica. How are you guys doing? You're real good. I'm doing real good. How are you guys going? I am so ecstatic to be on a podcast with two of my favorite people in the world talking about one of my favorite movie franchises of all time. I'm like like a kid in a little candy store yeah. right now. It's a special day. It's it's like almost, I think, the last weekend gone was a year from PAX. And this year, obviously, PAX didn't happen. That's usually my opportunity to see you, Matt, to see you, Brendan. So what better way to catch up than to talk about this crazy movie it's all right at least i live in melbourne now Jono, and i can just go and see oh wait, spoke too soon yeah oh, you well. picked the wrong year to move down didn't you? that's all right i've got plenty of support with my lovely pals and we're, we're getting through a weird mm. time watching delightful movies amen maybe i'll pick the right year to move down to melbourne then we can yeah. do this in flesh next year 2021's looking real okay that sounds good to me yeah i mean there's a lot to to get into here but first Matt, for people who don't know you, because I don't know, like, I know that you obviously are the Audio Technica man, and we, we love you for that. We love all the support we get from you guys. But have you got, like, podcasting experience that I don't um, know about? No, I talk about it. I know about the technical side <laughs> of things a lot, and obviously, I've, yeah, worked pretty closely with all the hardware that we do. Um, but this is probably, this is actually my first time ever recording in a podcast. Ah. So you're uh, popping that cherry. I feel so special. I, I was going to be the first. I'm really glad it's with you guys. I feel safe with you guys. You know, it's nice. It's good. It's great. We're gentle lovers. Plenty of aftercare after this podcast. It's a mm. good time. Oh, yeah. Speaking of care and, and sponsors and, and support, we've got our very first ad read coming up here from our friends over at Manscaped, who are now backing 8-Bit. Support for Comedy Rewind is brought to you by Manscaped, the very best in men's self-care, hygiene, and below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped products are now available in Australia and New Zealand, and they just so happen to specialize in what's going on down under. Surveys show that most women prefer a clean look. We know that modern man wants to keep their body hair neat and tidy, but we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. Like cavemen banging rocks together trying to make fire. But there's great news for Comedy Rewind listeners. You can be one of the first to experience Manscaped's life-changing products here on Australian shores with a handy 8-bit discount code, courtesy of Brendan White over there. He's done the hard yards to get this ready for you so you know without the right equipment trimming anything below the neck it's been a bit of a foreign concept for a lot of fellas but manscaped has made it safe and easy to tidy up wandering hairlines getting you ready to show off that beach bod or dad bod this summer the manscaped engineering team has redesigned the electric trimmer perfecting the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents when it comes to grooming, we all need the right tools for the job, but you won't always find them at Bunnings. Get this gear only at manscaped.com. If you want 20% off and free shipping, you can use the code 8BIT at manscaped.com. That's A-T-E-B-I-T, manscaped.com. 
www.thebeatdrop.com. What an exciting era we're moving into. We made it. I cannot wait to uh, to perfect the undercarriage when my Manscaped gear arrives. Um, I've been an advocate for uh, for keeping it clean, keeping it streamlined, and I feel this is going to take it to the next level and uh, you know really really help my my performance now that I'm back out in the wild. So I'm uh, mm-hmm. very excited to use the the fantastic products at Manscaped. So uh, yeah. thank you for that beautiful ad read. That's you right. crushed that, Jono. Wow. That's the kind of uh, kind of quality you could be getting from Audio Technica if you if you threw us some ad reads to do now and then. Oh, I'll get on it. Thanks for that. Yeah. Jesus, just call me out. That's fine. No, That's I'm just right. saying I'm willing to do it, and it it'll only cost you a, a new microphone or something. I can I can sort that out for you. <laughs> so, Army of Darkness is the movie we're talking about, and Matt, this is a movie that you picked. So, why don't you tell us what it is about this movie and this franchise of the Evil Dead that made you. Like, from all the movies you could have picked, what was it about this one? I think, like, it's, like, ticks a million boxes for me in terms of, like, a movie I'd enjoy. Um, I'm, like, just a sucker for practical horror effects. And I love Raimi and everything he's done. Well, most of it anyway. Um, I love (laughs) Evil Dead 2. It's my favorite out of the the three films in this franchise. Um, But Army of Darkness really stands alone as just... Oh, no, it's, a, it's a straight up comedy. Evil Dead 2, you can see where he's going with it. And then Army of Darkness is just, it's just hilarious. And I think like I've got so many fond memories of watching this movie. I think like I was thinking about it before. My two favorite movies as a kid growing up were Army of Darkness and Mortal Kombat, which speaks volumes <laughs> about me as a human being. So uh, probably a lot of people have turned away after hearing that. But um, yeah, my dad subjected me to all this stuff growing up and I love it. Um, it's just it's just a Maddie movie. It's just heaps of slapstick comedy, heaps of cheesy one-liners. I was so into wrestling as a kid. In this movie, like watching it back, it just feels like a '90s wrestling episode. Like the amount of one-liners and just slapstick violence in it. Um, yeah, I, I love horror. I love practical effects, um, and you know, obviously, it's tying comedy with all those things that I love. And I know it's a good time, and it's a Halloween movie. I've been mowing through Halloween movies left, right, and center. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've I've chucked a couple of comedy Halloween movies in my list and this one really fit the bill of being in the 90s and being funny i guess so we're, yeah. we're talking about it um so yeah i think that sort of sums it up for me i just had heaps of fond memories of watching this as a kid um when i probably shouldn't have watched evil dead i watched it and then um i think i watched army darkness first because dad was that my dad loved evil dead but he's like oh, i probably can't watch that yet but we'll chuck on army of darkness first and then um i'll watch evil dead on my own when my dad's not around so yeah i don't know i, I love it it's just a, mm. it's just a me movie did it freak you out as a kid? Like, the, I know it's mostly played for for laughs, but there's a few kind of scary looking things in there that might freak out a kid. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I just always was captivated by effects and like practical effects, especially as a kid. And I always like, whenever I watch a movie, doesn't matter like when it was, I always like to think of it. Like if I was who I am now, but when that movie came out, mm-hmm. how would I feel about watching it and the reaction I would have? And I think with like Evil Dead 2, it was sort of, oh, sorry, with Army of Darkness, um, it was perfect. And then I watched Evil Dead 2 the other night, same thing. I put myself, if I was like, you know, you know, when that movie came out, who I was, I, that would have blown me away. And I think like, I like, I get really excited when I watch old movies like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I think I've just really desensitized at a young age, to be <laughs> honest. So I didn't find it too spooky. My dad okay. really killed me with watching The Shining at like 12 years old. So after that, nothing was scary. Right, so I, right. I just had a good time. Okay, so at least we're talking like teen years, not like adolescent. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, teen, teen. <laughs> All right. And Brendan, what about you? Similar? S- similar similar to a degree, but replace the father figure with the mother figure. Like my mum is, is a horror tragic, so I grew up as a kid 
devouring the the Evil Dead series, Friday the Thirteenth, all the slashes, you know, Pet Cemetery, anything Stephen King, Hellraiser, and stuff like that. But sadly, I think my first foray into horror, I might have been like eight or nine. So uh, watching some of these movies really, really scared the bejesus out of me. Um, Army of Darkness is my first entry into the Evil Dead franchise, so I didn't watch one and two. I was straight thrown into three because, as as Maddie said, it's it's a lot easier to digest. Like, yeah, there is some some nightmare-esque creatures with the deadites and stuff, but it is all very slapsticky and lighthearted as opposed to the first two films in the trilogy. And um, I watched Evil Dead 1 and 2. I remember I was about nine. So I watched Army of Darkness when I was about seven. And then two years or so later, I watched the other two and they scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Not as bad as Pet Cemetery, but that's a story for another day. But... Yeah, I've I've always grown up in, with horror and gore, and as as Maddie said, like I love practical effects, special effects, and seeing some of the costume play, and no reliance on CGI, and and just what these people were able to do during this period, where maybe the budgets weren't really there, but still try and make it as scary mm. and unique as possible. And even even with this, like uh, you know, two had a, had a few little you know humorous moments but they really really doubled down with army of darkness and they just went you know what let's just go whole hog like laugh a minute stuff fully self-aware uh bruce campbell just owns it and the yeah, army of darkness just nails everything so i can't wait to talk in more detail about it. i'm so excited just reminiscing about it again now even though i watched it like again two nights ago yeah no, I, I have a, a similarity to you where this is the first from the, the movies that I've seen because I hadn't seen any of them until like two days ago. And it's not usual that I would watch a movie that I've never seen on Comedy Rewind. But when Matt suggested it and Brendan vouched for it, I thought, oh, well, it is Halloween. I have to have to dig in at some point because I'm not a horror guy. But this was fine. Like there was there was, there was nothing in here, here that disturbed me really. Uh it's it's perfectly like played for laughs almost at every point it's not yep. really many occasions where you feel like they're trying to scare you there's no jump scares or anything really and um yeah just what a <laughs> what a weird movie yeah that's it's so <laughs> bizarre like I, I really dug the kind of high concept of you know it's a time travel movie it's a period film it's slapstick fantasy it's action with all these fight scenes. It's horror. It's it's just got everything. <laughs> yeah, really it's a does. good time. It's such a good time. Yeah. And I did watch a, a recap of the first couple movies and is um so so am I right that the Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness all take place over like three or four days? Yeah, essentially. I mean, he gets thrown into the world of Army of Darkness as soon as Evil Dead 2 sort of finishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are essentially the same film. Um, there's obviously different scenes and it's kind of a remake of the same premise, but he kind of goes to that house again. It's sort of weird the way they remade it. But yeah, essentially Evil Dead 2 finishes. They open the portal to send all the deadites and the ne- Necronomicon back yeah. into... Um, where army of darkness sort of starts and then he gets thrusted straight into it and he lands in the world and then that's it evil mm. dead 2 and you can see how upset he is as the movie starts because he's like oh god it's still going on that's yeah, why yeah. he's so angry because it's just the <laughs> shit he went through like five yeah. minutes ago <laughs> it's like what a week for this yeah. guy poor ash <laughs> okay so when i was watching this movie i have to like you guys have given some of your personal experiences but i have to kind of do that now from my 
first watch, which was just now. I was watching it and I was thinking like, this is reminding me a lot of like Hercules and Xena, um, the set locations, the props, the costumes. And then like doing my research, it's like, yeah. I think you quite well that known. Raimi's that, that, yeah, Sam Raimi's <laughs> the producer of those things. And I was like, wow, like I had no idea. And I totally picked that similarity, that like streak running through. And you can kind of see, not that this influenced those things, but you can see he, he might've used this as like his... Uh, pitch to show that he could produce something of that time period or of that kind of setting 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. you can tell like it's it's it just look it just looks so similar it's completely different mm. products and, it, and even even like bruce campbell plays like what is he like the master of all thieves is, is an ongoing character in the hercules and xena universes so he's actually uh, in, yeah. in a lot of that and also um that rings a bell yeah and um sam raimi's brother yeah. who is like Ted he's Ted. he's always in and he's offshoots as well and he's yeah, a, he's a yeah. constant too he played like kind of like a clown kind of figure or something mm-hmm. on Hercules yeah yeah that's right yeah all right well let's get into it the rotten tomatoes score for this film do you guys have any guesses knowing that it it uh it was made for 11 million dollars and it made 21 million dollars which for a low budgetish kind of you know, still a, a it was still a big studio, but it was, um, I guess in the the ninety the early nineties, eleven million dollars, not a whole lot. So making twenty one mil, that's pretty good for a movie that's kind of come out of this cult, you know, following. And yep. he, and they only got up to eleven mil because of the hype behind what he what Raimi was doing with Darkman. Yeah. So they sort of bundled that in as the studio deal with Universal because I think they only gave him six, and they had to sort of find the rest of the money almost under the couch cushions but mm. as far as rotten tomatoes like it's it's hard to not have some rose-colored glasses on for it but i'm gonna say 66 oh i'm gonna go for like 83 that's <laughs> that's what my gut awesome. tells me my yeah, heart tells me go with me, your gut no yeah. go with your gut it's higher it's gotta be higher user do the user user scores here 83 percent oh no we're users. talking about critics Oh, yeah, yeah so so 66 for critics but for my heart of hearts it would be yeah 80 odd because i adore this movie uh yeah. i would say uh for critics i'll go 72 Ooh, 73 Ooh, bang. that's bang. well received still yeah well done maddie come on so, that's it. so yeah i guess it was like the critics understood what they were doing here clearly uh i, I guess being a critic they would have followed evil dead and evil dead 2 I think Roger Ebert was one of the ones that said like it wasn't as original as like Evil Dead Two, and that it was borrowing from a, a few like kind of older movies that were were done in this style, like with the skeleton armies and that kind of thing. But it's hard to to think that it's hard to imagine someone sitting down to watch this at the cinema and not having a whole lot of laughs. Yeah. All right. The number one movie, uh, sorry, the number one song when this movie released in February 1993 over in the US, I'm going to tell you it was Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Damn. I sing that to Brendan nearly every day, so that's fine. Yeah, beautiful song and you do it really well. A couple of months later, it released in Australia. I'm I'm kind of surprised it released over here, but it did. And uh, I'm going to let you guess which Lenny Kravitz banger would have been number one in Australia on the Arias. He would have still had his dreads then, and I'm trying to think of the song. I know the film oh. clip, and he's almost in like a red jumpsuit. 
It's probably his biggest um, song. This is like... Oh, you're uh, going to go my way. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Nailed it. What have you done for me lately? There's not like a huge cast of people here to talk about, but Bruce Campbell, obviously, this was, from what I read, his first and last big studio lead in a movie, which is kind of surprising because he seems like a, a household name in, in certain circles. He never got that chance to really have his own big movie again. But lately... The Last Kids on Earth was a series he was part of. And then, obviously, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which ran up until, I think, 2018. Mm-hmm. Three seasons. And he's been canceled. doing some, some video game voice roles as Ash in Dead by Daylight and Mortal Kombat 11. So he's still, you know, he's still known for this role and still making his money out of this role it's the it's the bruce campbell show like evil yeah. dead evil dead 2 like if you when if you or when you watch evil dead 2 Jono, you will see the punishment this man goes through for our entertainment like mm-hmm. he just gets smashed he is covered in mud and fake blood and all kinds of liquids all the time like the punishment this man went through for entertainment solidifies him as, as a great in this genre and i think like he i don't it's it's the it is the bruce campbell show there's no other actor or actress um in this series really that kind of springs uh, of note because it's it's all mm. about him um yeah but i definitely got that from watching it and he, yeah. ca- he really carries the whole movie yeah like, like he was he apparently had a, a bit of a role in not so much writing but he would like approve the revisions that were made and like give his own suggestions for what they could come up with and what would work and what wouldn't work which is interesting to be so hands-on why do you think he's never seemingly had other opportunities to to take big roles in big movies when he's so popular in this style of film i think i think it's definitely a personal choice like he was in like he was in bubba hotep and he was in burn notice and, and a few others he's always like just this little firecracker ancillary character in a lot of stuff outside of Evil Dead. He's always been the <clears throat> the the one C. You wouldn't even say the one B to the lead. Like <laughs> I don't know, but he's just a scene stealer. I love Bruce Campbell yeah. so much in everything he does, and I know he's written written a few books and things like that. And he he does a lot of the the fan circuits and stuff and the signings and whatever else. And he's he's pretty active on social media, so I think he's just content just just doing his thing. You know, like. They're still umming and ahhing about a, a, an Evil, Evil Dead 4, maybe, but, you know, I don't know, because they want to do the the passing of the torch to Mia, who was in the, the soft reboot slash indirect fourth movie, you could say. that mm. Jono, that movie will give you nightmares if you watch that. I, that is, I really liked that. Whoa, Side note, I really liked but, it. I think they did a good job. Oh, holy my golly, it is... <laughs> there's some shit that yeah. goes on in that <laughs> that would scare the Grim Reaper. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. but he, he's just a dude, and I think... Like, even though he doesn't come across as humble in the roles he plays, I think he's just a very humble, grounded man yeah. from yeah. the interviews I've seen and, and everything I've seen from outside of these characters he plays. I watched like, a few interviews with him today and you can just see that he's got such a love for acting. Like, he's just really into it, but he just loves the characters he's playing. And he's not like Ash. Like, Ash in Evil... Spoiler, he's a douchebag. But mm-hmm. also, he's Bruce is not. He's lovely. In all the interviews he mm-hmm. does, he it felt like he did Ash for the fans because people wanted it, so he pushed for it. And you can tell with Army of Darkness, he's playing this role for entertainment purposes, um, which is why I think, you know, when we'll go on to it more, I don't want to steal the thunder, but he goes in, you know, it's why the character is who he is and why Bruce is who he is outside of Ash as well. I think he's a super humble dude, loves acting, loves entertaining people. 
Um, and he's a show stealer. Like in the movies, he's either like a cameo or he is the main character. I don't think there's an in-between with Bruce. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting watching this and watching some of those recaps. Like the first movie seemed quite serious and then it's kind of got less serious as time went on. But in this movie, it's almost hard to imagine this character in a serious film. Yeah. And it makes me think like, did the character also just go through these crazy evolutions of becoming more and more over the top? Yeah, well, in terms of the series, like Evil Dead 1, it's like quite serious um evil dead 2 they throw in the comedy you can see how crazy he's getting like he's like this is happening to me again he's going crazy and then that's what i mean when army of darkness starts you're like oh, the, the he went through five minutes ago would send anyone mad and so the character just goes berserk so yeah he's just nuts in this movie he's nuts and then he's less nuts but more self-aware in ash vs evil mm. dead like He's still trying to hold on to that machismo and that swagger that he's felt he had from the 80s. It's it's so great, that show as well. Like, can't speak highly enough of that as well. Anything Bruce Campbell does, like, I would mm. be paying for a ticket day one to be there on opening <laughs> night. Like, he is just a special human being. I did really like the way they've written the character as this, you know, he's like you said, he's had enough. He's got tickets on himself, but he's also kind of responsible for everything bad that happens to him. Yeah. He's, it's his fault. Yeah. Uh, but they also play right. up the whole, like, the whole uh, smart thing, like, heaps in, in Army of Darkness. You don't let it, don't touch on that at all, really, in the other no. films. That whole, that whole character, that the backstory of it, they sort of add that to Army of Darkness. So sure. I think they build all that outside stuff there as well. That's cool. So the only other person I really want to mention is Embeth Davids, who plays the female lead in this, Sheila. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I mentioned that, like she hasn't done much lately, but she was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Peter's mother, Mary Parker. And I just thought that was worth mentioning because of the whole like Raimi connection yeah. there. Like Obviously, that's not a Raimi movie. That's one of the Mark Webb Spider-Mans. But I thought it was a, a fun little coincidence. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, so she is still working. So kudos to kudos to her. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the categories. What is the most '90s moment of Army of Darkness? <sighs> this this was tough for me, and like obviously, especially because it's a period piece. So we're we're in the the 1300s. So yeah, I was watching like with very keen eyes for the whole thing, and like near the end of it was where I sort of came out with my two, and it was like. referencing like the retro bottle of coca-cola in the boot of his car and the other one was just the uh the little nod to like the xena like like (laughs) that um that badash does when he's going into war like they're the only two things that i could connect outside of this movie to the 90s from a from a personal attachment for me out outside of that it's like it is a yeah it is a tough one because even though it's a 90s movie you mentioned there's the period thing but even within that it's set in the 80s because it's a continuation like mm. the day after the previous movie or the previous movies. So even like his car, you can't point to his car and say like it's a it's a 90s vehicle or something. Yeah, and like the clothes he wears, even the clothes that the people when they, they pivot back to S-Mart in the present day, like they're just clothes. Like there's nothing in that whole scene. Yeah. I was looking on like on things on like the shelves in <laughs> S-Mart to try and say, yeah, that's, that's peak 90s, but I was struggling, man. I think the the shoelaces untied gag is pretty like nineties <laughs> to be honest. I think that was the one thing I pulled up on was the your shoelaces untied, which is pretty early on in the film. 
Um, it got I think him that, too. Yeah, oh, it Lord, got him. Fell for it. <laughs> got him. I think I copped that big uppercut. It was awesome. Like I think, like yeah, he. I think that's the probably the most kind of like a '90s gag. Like it's just it's, but it's it's got this like '90s wrestling vibe about it, and that's kind of like it's just got a vibe about it in terms of him as a character is yeah. pretty '90s, like just larger than life. Feels like a wrestler sort of thing with all these one-liners. Um, so I feel like that is it. But yeah, other than shoelaces untied, I haven't got too much for it. Man, you nailed it like at the start of the episode, you said the same thing about how it's such a catchphrase heavy kind of style that they've gone for. I actually wrote down WWF wrestler. So like same idea, like it just feels so like that Hulk Hogan kind of era of wrestling, um, you know, He's always saying groovy, hail to the king, give me some sugar. Like it feels like something that wouldn't be out of place next to like Macho Man, Randy exactly. Savage, yeah, hundred percent. Exactly, what I was gonna say yeah, so much yeah. Macho Man in there. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he'd be he would have been a great wrestler. And then like there's also a Three Stooges gag mm-hmm. when he's fighting against himself. Yeah. I know that's not a '90s <laughs> thing, but it's more of a '90s thing than a 2020s thing. Definitely. You talking yeah. the eye? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the eye poke. Like the further <laughs> we get away from the '60s or the '50s or whatever, the more that becomes more dated and, and less relevant. So I had that those two things. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's just that it's just it. It's definitely a '90s movie in the sense of the gags and the kind of character he's portraying. But it's there's nothing, as you said. It's a it's sort of based in the '80s in the 1300s. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. This will be one that's more interesting coming from you guys because you've got like this perspective to look at it. But what's the most iconic scene oh. in Army of Darkness? All right, let's get up the list. I got a shopping list here because <laughs> yeah, I, I got a fair few. Pick your favorite child, Brendan. Come on. I'm gonna yeah. give you mine because I haven't seen it before, so I don't have anything that's been like a lasting memory, and I want to know how mine stuck up to yours as people that have like all these long-held memories. So the two things that I had was the first fight scene when they throw him in the pit. Yep, and he you know gets the chainsaw. Like we'll talk about this bit later. He gets the chainsaw back, <laughs> throws the belt on the on the chain, and like just like whoops everyone up there. I thought that was a really great introduction to the character for me. And then when he's fighting the little mini versions of himself and the bigger version of evil Ash, uh, some of the banter going on there, like pouring the freaking boiling <laughs> the water boiling down water. his throat. <laughs> So stupid. Um, Yeah, I I thought those two scenes were probably the ones that I'm going to remember the most. I love with that scene too that he gets most of that hot water like on his chin and on his chest. Like he hardly (laughs) drinks any of it when you're watching. It's just like pouring all over his face. Um, Not the best technique. I wouldn't try that personally. (laughs) Those those two were on my my list. Uh, Probably the most iconic scene and it's it's just a consistent from this franchise is the the first person monster chase camera you get that okay. that is synonymous with evil dead and now it's yep. you know used in many many horror movies and various various sort of homages to it so so that was on my list um yeah the when the wise man tosses the chainsaw and he just does the big superman jump up and connects it in <laughs> you know like he um um nub locks into the chainsaw socket and away he goes um but outside of that, like, oh. I think it's just most things with Bruce Campbell in it is just iconic to me just because I'm smiling or I'm laughing or I'm just reciting the words. Like, I nearly quoted this movie verbatim when I watched it again the other day. Like, 
Oh, it's just a special film. But Maddie, what do you got on your list? Oh, I, I, I had to write stuff. It, it's so hard. I can't pick. So for starters, like, I can't, I cannot pick. There's a million one-liners that go for ten seconds, which is super memorable for me. And there's scenes like the all the little mini me's, and then the twin. The whole scene, like it goes from like all the little ashes, and then he swallows one, pours the boiling water down, and uh, pours the bo- this is like one scene, pours the boiling water into his mouth, and then he starts growing the second ash, and then there's that yeah. whole Three Stooges gag, and then it splits from himself than the crazy dialogue of him being the evil Ash and the good Ash. I think it's probably like, in terms of like a scene, it's just, it goes for ages. It doesn't stop. It looks so good. Like they did such a good job. It holds up incredibly well. Mm. Um, and it's hilarious. It's slapstick. Just It's just so much slapstick comedy. It's crazy. But like, we, I feel like Brendan, like rattling off one line, like the lines. I feel like, I don't know what part of, of this we're going to talk about the best one-liners of this you film. You can do that right now. I think this is Let's the time, and I've, I've written some down, Brendan. I just want to know <laughs> okay. your favorite, like, Ash quotes. I think the quotes... Oh, man, it's so There's good. so many great ones. It's like, so I, I think I think the one that stands out most to me because I tried it on a couple of girls in school <laughs> was the whole, uh, give me some sugar, baby. Ooh, like, that one. So good. That one, but, oh. like, you know, just the little ones where he's like, you know, you're raising a barn, shut the door, and then he sort of mutters himself. He's like, she, of course she's raising a barn. Primates. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like so you know, cool. hail to the king, baby. You know the come get sums, the oh. groovies. Uh, oh man, and then like you the... can really ripped off this movie. Didn't oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh the, yeah. The come get some scene. I think it just need. I just I rewatched that right before we um we 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 started recording. But the whole the whole come get some. It's like yo she bitch. Let's go. Let's go. And then yeah. like <laughs> just the shotgun and the shotgun. This is up there. The shotgun behind over the shoulder backwards mm-hmm. shoots her in the head. But then there's mm-hmm. the Oh, shut yeah, it. He does orgasm. Yeah, oh, he knows he's feeling himself. He just did an awesome shot. It's just so good. Can't, I don't know. Just the, that probably, I don't know if that was scripted or written. I don't know. But that, for me, little things like that, just that sprinkling of Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, just, I don't know. It's awesome. But, um, the, I love the, the end scene, the whole end scene when he comes back into, to Smart and just, just the hail to the King baby at the end is just so yeah. good. And then just next on with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just for no, it's just so much of that. And it's like, you get to a point you're like, Oh, it's a bit on the nose, but it's just, you just, I, I remember I watched the whole film and then at the end of it, we just like hail to the King baby. I just like clapped and I was like, yes, I was so yeah. pumped. I knew it was coming. <laughs> and then, uh, Cloud Uberada <clears throat> is just, yeah. it's just, it's just so good. Uh, it, it, it's just the best. It's just how that, that whole scene is amazing where he just shuts the wizard down. He's like, yeah, I got it. I got enough of your mumbo jumbo. It gets over there. Klaatu, Barada, Necktie. <laughs> and then like Ponder spends ages thinking about it. He's like, all right, cool. He's going to get it. And then just the Klaatu, Barada. <laughs> and then even at the end of the movie, he's just like, I mean, I, he's like, yeah, I said the words. I drank the juice and I'm coming home. He's like, you said the words? He's like, yeah, well, mostly. It's just like, it's just, just little things like that. I don't know. And then I got one more. Yeah. I, I think it's just like one line. And I, I, I keep going. I couldn't, I can't stop. I could just keep going. You've wound me up. But, uh, well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I've got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack, Jack. and <laughs> Jack left town. It's just <laughs> so good. It's like so early on into the movie as well. So, John, I think from like your point of view, like that is like within the first 10 minutes. And you're just like, okay, yeah, this is who I definitely Ash is. Yeah, it's so I, was, uh, I was quoting a lot of lines out of this at school for many years to like people in my class thinking I was just the coolest mother effer. Like <laughs> throwing lines like that at him. 
I um, actually got a kiss off, uh, yeah, um, Jess Brown with the give me some sugar baby line at the at the social. So it, uh, I'm one for one on that one. So I feel pretty good. You retired yeah. it after that? I did. Yeah, I would retire it as soon as, as, soon as it got from my success rate. When you said, Brendan, that you you tried it on a few girls, I thought you were going to go with the pillow talk line. I've, I've said that jokingly in relationships to, to a few ex-partners, yeah. Like I've, I've, I've got... I guess constant lines and little quips and stuff like that that I'll that I'll pull out occasionally and and there is a lot of there is a lot of zingers from Evil Dead Army of Darkness that I have uh, <laughs> that I have used to uh, varied effectiveness that's for sure. Yeah, right. I think Army of Darkness lines only work on people that have either seen Army of Darkness or are quite intoxicated because I imagine you'd cop a good slap across the cheek if you dropped one of those on anyone. No slaps yet, but like I usually like end them with a big cheesy ass grin to know that like I'm not completely serious, just so I can avoid the uh, the domestic violence. Uh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I have to say that makes sense. Well, that takes us into what holds up the best uh, for me. I think there's a couple of things. I think the practical effects, as much as they're dated, they still hold up really well especially a few of them like when he's going through the the is it what's the book called the evil book Necronomicon yeah whatever yeah that when he's trying to pick which one it is and like he you know pulls his face out and it's all like drooped (laughs) down and mangled and he's just like and then he like does it a couple more times and it changes each time and he's shaking his head and then does the crazy head spin yeah I I thought that worked it was effective It, it obviously looks it doesn't look real but it was really effective and there's a few things like that that, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag, really, where some of them work, some of them don't. But for the most part, I thought that they they did quite well with that stuff. Yeah, I think the practical effects is something that holds up the best for me. Anything to do with any of the skeletons, I'm just yep. <laughs> pissing myself laughing at the lines the skeletons are throwing at or just the uniqueness and where they're trying to show all these skeletons from like different heritages and, and you know, different time periods and, you know, they're, they're digging up their own mates and whatever else. So anything to do with the skeletons, especially um, one scene that I was pissing myself laughing about. And it, I think it holds up really well is when he's first constructing his, his like uh, metal, oh metal hand <laughs> and they're doing the constant real tight shots into everything. And like, you see the, uh, the blacksmith in the corner and he's like, like that. And then, you know, smashing this hammer and then cutting to there and really aggressive cuts. And the concentration in that scene just kills me every single time. So that got me really good. Yeah. He basically builds a robotic hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with both of you. I, I think the, the practical effects for me, as I said, I love it. I love it in movies. I've been mowing through eighties and nineties and seventies movies the past couple of weeks. And this movie just, it, I don't know, the practical effects are amazing. The whole, as I said, the whole scene with all the mini ashes looks incredible. They did such a good job. I mean, you can totally tell when there's like a stunt double and when there's the prosthetic head, but like it is 1993 on a tight budget. It looks so good. And they, he did a really good job with all that sort of stuff. I think it that it, all that stuff holds up incredibly well. Um, and there's no CGI. I, from what I from what I watched, there's like no CGI. There's like a bit of stop motiony CGI in like Evil Dead Two, for example. Mm-hmm. Like they did use some in that, but in this, there's I don't think there's any. And I think um, practical effects just age incredibly well. And to do a movie in the '90s, so many people were dabbling in real crappy CGI in the nineties and they didn't really do that with this. And I think that it shows, I think they did a really good job. 
Yeah, the only part I thought could have maybe been imposed was um, when he's sort of leaving the castle and going to get the uh, the Necronomicon. It almost felt like he was maybe green screening. They've sort of impo- superimposed the, the castle mm. in the background. But because the film shot granular anyway and you see the grainy, it was hard to completely commit if or settle on if I was right or wrong there. But yeah, it's so good. And just the writing in general, I think, holds up phenomenally well. Like... Mm. Yeah, it's a period piece. Yeah, the the humor is straight out of the 80s slash 90s, but it still makes me laugh today. And I think, I guess it's evident by you, Jono, saying that you enjoyed it and, and had a chuckle. And I think it holds up. The writing is like, it's it's peak yeah. Raimi, peak Bruce Campbell, just the chef kisses all around. Good slapstick the- comedy holds up. Someone getting hit in the face with something is funny. And <laughs> it's still, it's funny in this movie. It was funny in a lot of Monty Python, like so much Monty Python slapsticky kind of stuff in this. I felt like got that sort of Holy Grail vibe um, with this oh, movie. Yeah. And I think it kind of just that slapstick comedy holds up. If you're into slapstick comedy, it holds up. If you're not into it, it probably doesn't hold up, but it never would have, wouldn't have held up 20 years ago. Wouldn't, you wouldn't find it funny if a new movie came out in that regard. So I think if you're into that sort of stuff, it holds up. Yeah. The, the Monty Python is an interesting comparison, like the Holy Grail. It, it feels like they could have filmed it on the same set yeah. <laughs> with the same castles in the background and like the same costumes and stuff. I would have swapped those wizards out. The wizard, like, you know, when he's yeah. getting into the um, into the Grail, like it's, it's yeah, there's so many similarities. Mm. The other, yeah, like you said, Brendan, the di- I think the dialogue definitely holds up really well. Um, there's there's a, a sequence when he's like rallying the people for the battle and it's like uh, you've you've got my bow and you've got my blade, and I was like, this is the this the Lord of the Rings yeah. ripped off this movie, and my axe. The uh, <laughs> the random there wasn't well, a book written name, about like, Lord of the Rings or anything. It didn't yeah, it didn't talk. About yeah, that. but that, I don't think that sequence was True. in yeah, yeah. The, the book. <laughs> yeah, but that that part, like, and I wanted to shout out the um the random bald whip man the guy that's you know whipping him and then he's like because he's like me swords by your side and he fucking it cracks me up every time he says it like i was pissing myself laughing like it's just a nothing line but just him and his ugly head and his bald hair just gets me every single yeah, everyone time. rooting for him at the end just turning around just like you hated him two minutes ago and now everyone's like ready to die for you and you're an asshole like oh god so good so good so what holds up the worst um Um, like if you want to be nitpicky you could say some of those practical effects like the only part where i was really like oh boy was where um ash and bad ash were were just about to split and they're you know crab walking their way down the hillside and you see the uh the ash prosthetic on the side and it's just flopping around you know emotionless (laughs) that part and then um whether the the deadite flying demon picks up sheila and flies her away like they're probably the two worst but i think it's also the best in a way like for, for reasons we've said like it was in like an, an error ago that this movie was made and mm. i think they did phenomenally well um and then one other annoyance is where ash's face is stuck on the hot plate and he's scratching it off and there's barely a mark yeah. on him I'm like yeah, mate you'd be yeah, missing what? half your face brother like <laughs> that's all i could really do and that's still getting pretty finicky um, probably right. a segue into the next point. I think, like, I guess how Sheila's handled is a bit rough. I think I feel bad for Sheila. I feel like it's not very well written for her. She's just basically there to be um, female cast member, female, you know, character. Yeah. She's just and the eye candy. Yeah, and it's it's, for, it's, it's not. It's it was it was a little bit rough. I mean, it's probably been a little while since I watched this, and I think like um, 
given everything. I think I just, I sort of watched it and I was like, oh, it's just, it, it wasn't terribly pleasant. I think like um, Sheila getting grabbed by like Deadite Captain and just like, you know, that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't too pleasant to watch. I felt like, you know, you can, you know, yes, it's a movie of the time. And I think like, you know, you know, the, you know, the movie, I think in the context of what we know of the movie, I think, um, you know, we, we can give it a pass in the nineties, but I think you watch it, you looked at it, you're just like, Oh, you could, you didn't have to treat Sheila like that. You didn't have to give her basically three lines in the entire film. I know it's the Bruce Campbell show though. It's like mm-hmm. that in dead evil dead. It's like that in evil dead too. Um, I get it, but I think like how they handled Sheila, um, could have been better straight up. Yeah. Could have been, could have been better. She, um, and then like, you know, that, that, that's probably, and it's a recurring thing from, um, it's, it's hard. Cause it's like, you know, like, give me some sugar, give me some sugar, baby. Like I love it. But then like two seconds ago, you were calling her a primate and like, she did something nice for you and you threw it on the trash. You're like, come on, mm-hmm. dude, Ash, you know, I know you've had a bad day, but you don't have to be bad. To, you don't have to <laughs> yeah. be bad to someone who's doing something nice for you. So I think, as a whole, the way they handle Sheila, um, and uh, you know, it'll tie into sort of other points that we sort of cross over later on in the film <laughs> if we remade that movie now. And in terms of getting offended by it, I think that's sort of um, a pretty big recurring theme. Um, you know, look depending on what lens you look through it. Um, you know, that's that's sort of my my takeaway from the movie. Rewatching it in twenty twenty anyway. Um, yeah. You know, twelve year old Maddie didn't think of this stuff. <laughs> um, you know, and it's I because got- she's she's a sight for sore bones. I know. <laughs> So it's so hard because you just love all the lines around. You love the way it builds the the scenes, but also, yeah, I just yeah the she, the Sheila scenes. She could have she, she could have done more, and I think a uh, little bit of a shame could have could have sort of made the movie a bit more appealing to more people. If uh, I think if um, it was handled better, yeah, definitely. We'll talk about that more as we go. But for me, before we we get into that, I just wanted to mention like how cheesy some of the action in this movie is. And I guess it's played for laughs, but it, 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 to me, because it was still near the start of the movie, it wasn't that clear at that point what was happening. So the, the scene I mentioned as being one of the most iconic where he's in the pit. So you've got like the chainsaw comes down and he just like sticks his arm up and it instantly like connects to it, to, connects to his stump. And then he so throws good. his he throws his belt around the chain and it just like latches on like it's a yeah. bull whip. <laughs> like he Which knows I what he's doing. Like he yeah, doesn't work as smart. If I had a belt, I think I could try that a million times and it would never latch on to the point that I can climb <clears throat> up it. And then once he once he's on the surface, he's got a shotgun, right? Like that's the gun, isn't it? It's not just a yeah, shotgun. Yeah, he's got a shotgun. A but yeah. And so, that's yeah. So the dude didn't holds even up talk a sword. About the boomstick line. Oh, I'm gonna talk the about dude, it in a bit. I got some. The dude, the dude holds up a sword and he shoots the hilt, like he shoots the blade of the sword, off, and the guy behind the sword takes no damage at all. I'm like, if that's a shotgun, he should be completely blown away as well. So there was just a few corny things that were done for the the cool factor that, you know. They probably wouldn't hold up if you made this kind of movie now. I think it would be a bit too cheesy. Oh. But for the for, for <laughs> so good though, it's, it doesn't take away from how fun it is in this movie. I've though, got a, I've got a real nerdy one as well to throw in there. Um, yeah, so they yeah. reshot a few of the scenes from this movie for um, 
for Army of Darkness and they didn't reuse some which is stupid because they basically I watched I watched Evil Dead 2 and then I watched Army of Darkness straight away so they reused the seat at the start of the movie there's the Necronomicon opening up with like the red blood background that is ripped directly from uh, Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. but in, in in Army of Darkness it sort of recaps what happened in Evil Dead 2 really quickly the scene in Evil Dead 2 when he cuts off his hand is just like one of the best scenes ever and then knowing how good that scene is in Evil Dead 2, and then they, they do this quick little, like, flashback, and it doesn't look... It's just, like, in Evil Dead 2, he, like, the hand gets possessed, he stabs it with, a like, a, a knife into the mm-hmm. floor. It's stuck into the floor. It can't move, and it's, like, sc- the hand is possessed and screaming at him. Then he gets the chainsaw and cuts his hand off, and all the blood, like, splatters all over him as he's screaming. And it's one of the most iconic scenes in Evil Dead 2. And then in, like, in this, they just kind of, like, cut... I know it's PG, but... PG-13, they cuts off the arm and just sort of like fades into nothingness and it doesn't look good. And it's just like knowing how good that scene looked nearly 10 years ago in the movie before it. Uh, I don't know if there's the point to bring it up on, but just like a little bit of Evil Dead trivia, just like it looked so much better. The evil, Seeing it in Evil Dead 2, it holds up so well. And then seeing mm-hmm. that same scene in Army of Darkness when they reshot it, it's like, it's it's a shell of its former self. So I'm just bringing up that gripe. I've got a gripe, fellas. Yeah. I'm airing it. I'm airing the grievances <laughs> right now. I guess if you look at the, you know, it's been so many years now. If you were to watch Army of Darkness, having seen all of the movies so many times, you it would be jarring to see it, an iconic scene done in a way that doesn't make sense. Didn't do but, it justice. It was so awesome. Yeah. And then I, uh, yeah, I highly rec- still highly recommend Evil Dead 2. It's probably on, on par for for the series though because don't they recap evil dead in evil dead 2 and it's also different like they have different actors and and everything because they didn't have any of the rights to the first movie yeah sort of i mean in the version i watched so i've got like i've got the big blu-ray collection edition at um with my dad so i got it for him and we watched all that and there's plenty of scenes in that that aren't in i watched it on stan i think or i streamed Mm -hmm. it and um you can tell it's sort of condensed a little bit it didn't have that sort of uh, recap at Evil Dead 2 but I know in some versions I have seen it um, so it sort of depends on the version you might cop the recap right yeah okay who would be the most offended I think Manny nailed it by talking about Sheila I just think the way that women are treated in, in this movie is like a non-factor really it's just like they're there for to be like a sex object essentially well they're, the woman- they're pretty much they're pretty much a sex object or they're deadites that are going to get killed yeah that's the only women outside of the the old hag lady that's like i can't right. remember the line she says but she puts some food in ash's face you know when yep. he is first there but that's it everyone else is hypersexualized or yeah. hyper dead or you know sheila goes from being that sex object to being like a damsel in distress essentially yep. um and you know the, the way she just turns up in his you know quarters or whatever and it's like, oh, these guys are going to get it on. Like, it's just like obvious, and and there's like no reason. And it happens. I know he's like, <laughs> I know he's like, he's like the hero or whatever. But I'm thinking like with my historical brain, like a woman in the 1300s wouldn't sleep with someone that they just met. They'd be like an outcast from the community. They'd be like probably stoned to death or something for for mm. being so promiscuous back then I, di- I i digress i think her brother fell in battle so she's got no man of the house now so she's trying to <laughs> hitch that wagon to someone of status to maintain position in in that monarchy and hierarchy in the in the medieval law so i, I get what you're saying they, they certainly undersell her but i think that's what's going on here too like she she sees the the new ticket out of there to a degree 
because yeah her family name's gone it's not the way to go about it though <clears throat> brendan it's it's not the lady like you know i'll tell you if, if that's <laughs> if that's the uh if that's going to keep a roof over my head, I'd be knitting him a, knitting him a nice oh, scarf if, if and she, going in If there she too. wanted some, good on her for getting some. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's all cool. But I think the way that Ash kind of goes about it, you know, at least he cops a solid slap from her. And yeah, I think that's yeah. a little bit a little bit of justice. The fact that he gets a fair bit more than a slap after that is, uh, you know, good. You know, hopefully good on Sheila. That's all I can say. But uh, it's also yeah. it's also that thing of like she, she's just slapped him. So which part of that is telling him that she wants? physical affection because he just uh, from that point assumes that he's going to take what he wants and goes over and kisses her it's a very good one line you know <laughs> it's give me some shit i don't know i don't know it's all it takes is the one-liner that's what that's the message brendan's got a hundred percent success <laughs> yeah. rate so i'm not gonna argue with this <laughs> yep yeah can confirm did you guys have anything further to add on that maddie's already obviously touched on it no, I think not really that's, probably, that's the major one i think i think we all pretty kind of agree on that in different degrees so yeah mm, all right so does army of darkness pass the internet relevancy test is it still relevant mm. are we seeing it yeah. i'm not personally. this is tough like i say it's relevant to me Same. and i guess to matt like very much <laughs> so like and just being so attached to this franchise and this film in particular but outside of that I'd probably say not really to a degree because I don't really see any GIFs or memes Mm. doing the rounds or popping up in circulation uh, in general chat on social media, which which breaks my heart. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe as you referenced earlier, Jono, like Duke Nukem's brought it into relevancy through the game franchise, stuff like that. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, Ash is, as a character, still very relevant with all the games he's involved with, so... Evil Dead in itself is still a thing. And, you know, I, I know Jack Cruz is a Duke Nukem fan. I've heard him quote these lines. And then watching the movie and hearing them come out of Ash, I was like, oh, they're not Duke Nukem quotes. Yeah. They're from this movie. Yeah, I think it, it depends on your circle. Like, I think, like, in terms of, like, a video game sort of world, uh, I got a big memory for me is in uh, Warcraft 3. If you click on the Dwarven, uh, in, if you play if you ever play Warcraft, this is showing how much of a nerd I am. If you play Warcraft 3 and you click on the characters enough, they say one-liners. If you click on a dwarf enough times, he goes, this is my boomstick and does the full Ash thing. <laughs> and I remember it. I remember it very well. And I think, like, yeah, for us in the circle that we're in, video games and and you know like all, all this kind of media we consume i i see it pop up a fair bit um i know the one-liners um you know i i but i think like outside of that it's not it's not made into the the mainstay memes it's it's mm. it hasn't hasn't breached that level of sort of pop culture for everyone um but it's it's yeah, stuck there, with those it there, has there weren't any scenes as i was watching it that happened and i was like oh that's that gif that i've seen a thousand times before there wasn't any moments like that so it, it kind of fails just in that area but no you, you make some good points can also uh, say that i went and watched evil dead the musical in canada and it was <laughs> magical the first three rows you have to wear uh raincoats because you get covered in fake blood oh my god <laughs> so good. it's like a guar show <laughs> oh i got that good work john you make me proud every day uh how would smartphones and social media change army of darkness it's a it's another weird one because of the time period and everything yeah um i I think it it, you know this might seg into like the next question about how you could make it today and what would the 20 20 version look like 
I think, you know, the fact that he's shown up in there in, in the past, coming from the future, he's got his car, he's got his chainsaw, they're kind of these symbols of futurism and, and technology. So maybe having a smartphone would be like his um, magical device that tells information and like history and shows pictures of foreign things and it would be kind of just a, a wonder for these people in the 1300s. I think no matter what piece of technology, advice or equipment Ash had, he would have c***ed it up. That's the one yeah, thing he I've decided. <laughs> he, I, yeah. I watched the thing, like I, I kind of had this question spoiled for me because it's a video I watched um, and they talk about like cell phones in movies and things like in like earlier movies. Um, and you know, they, they made a good point of like, uh, you could have just written down the wizards like notes of like what to say. He would have wrote, he yeah. would have written it wrong. He would have, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. would have made a mistake. He wouldn't have saved it. You know, all these little things. Yeah. He would just wouldn't have, he would have, his phone would go flat. His phone would go flat. Yeah. He wouldn't have saved it. He would have wrote it wrong. There's no way Ash was getting out of the situation he put himself in because he just didn't really, didn't really care. He just, he was just, he was selfish and he wanted to get out of there. And he just, I don't know, no matter what you gave that man in that movie, he would have found a way to either throw it at someone's head, decapitate someone with it or lose it. It's just who <laughs> Ash was. So yeah, I think that for, for the normal person, I think you would have written some notes and, you know, saved at least 2% for a crucial moment, but not our dear friend Ash. <laughs> that or like he could have made more, more impressive like even though what he built for that final act in the final battle with his his war beast and like making explosive oh, arrows or whatever because he's got the these random the chemistry books in the boot like so great so yeah. good phenomenal love that too but like on the smartphone i guess you could work out how to make i don't know, napalm or like a nuclear bomb like he can clearly come up and, and macgyver things fairly swiftly so no doubt he'd use some some medieval stuff to maybe just wipe out that whole dead-eyed army in like one hit but yeah, he probably would have balls that up too. Yeah. Instead of randomly having like a chemistry textbook in his boot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I love that whole scene though. Like, oh, like, look at all this stuff yeah. that I took to the cabin. And I just love that he knows what like these random primitive rocks and root plant roots yeah. are on this shelf to make exactly that. That like, montage is phenomenal. That entire montage. Yeah, mm. you're right. If he could do that with a chemistry book in the back of his boot, what could he have done with the smartphone? We'll ne- exactly. We'll never know. So what would you make the modern version of this like? Because for me, I, th- I thought it would be cool if it was a bit kind of more like a Jumanji kind of movie with a bit more of a horror twist to it. I feel like that would kind of work today. That's a great point. I like that. Yeah, that's a heaps cool idea. I mean, I'm heaps. I'd watch that. I, I just immediately <laughs> thought of that Tucker and Dale vs. Evil movie, which came oh, out. So wasn't good. 2020. That was 2010, I think. But it had some similar similar vibes, you know, horror comedy, chainsaw use, some good zingers, stuff like that. So that was my direct comparison, what, 27 years apart? Mm. Is that my, is my maths right? 17 uh, years. 17 yeah. years apart. Goodness gracious. 27. <laughs> Too many scotches. Wait, well, when was Tucker Dale came? When did Tucker and Dale come out? 2020. Ah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I thought about this a fair bit. Obviously, I like, come on, I was like, could you remake this? What would you, 2020? It's hard because it's obviously, it's just that period piece. It's it's a tough one to do. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I, I just, I don't, I don't think you could. I don't, no. I don't, I don't, I don't want there to be another one. There's obviously Ash versus Evil Dead, which is a continuation. So yeah, in I, a way it does exist. It kind of exists. They've proved it. So could you make this in 20? Yeah, you, you kind of can because they kind of yeah. did. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like thinking of what the 2020 version would be because I love the 1993 <laughs> version and I don't want there to be another one. I've got a bit Which of an a idea. Out of, for... a, of an answer to this question, by the way, and I, I apologize, but this is what I'm sticking I with. have a bit of an idea. Like The next category is useless trivia, and I wanted to talk about the alternate ending or the original mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ending that I'm sure you guys have seen yeah. where you know he stuffs up the whole sleeping potion, which... For starters, like the idea of this guy sleeping for seven hundred years is hilarious. Yeah. Like his beard just growing along, and like nothing bad happens to his to the rest of his body. Um, and he wakes up, and it's an apocalypse. He slept for too long, and I think that you could make like a sequel where like that becomes the canon ending to Army of Darkness, and he kind of wanders out from, um, or maybe it flashes because because Bruce Campbell's aged in that time it flashes forward 20 years after that and you know society's being rebuilt it's kind of like your fallout kind of you know post-apocalyptic setting but then you know the deadites show up again because bruce stuffs something up and there's he never the got the words right remember that he never one. got the words right yeah. so uh yeah <laughs> exactly stuff something up that's a great. Yeah. Oh, you should write a book, John. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or two. Books. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great idea. No, I think that's that's awesome. Great. Well, I've, I'll see if I can get on to Sam and let him know I'll swing my you ideas. His I slip into his DMs yeah, once in cool, a while. Yeah, cool. Just let him finish Doctor Strange first, and then uh, then a costume. <laughs> I don't want any disruption to that movie. I think it's going to be good. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we should talk about that very briefly. Were you surprised to learn that he was making that movie? Because since Spider-Man 3, which whether it was because it didn't do well or because he just got sick well, of it was garbage. making um, <laughs> superhero movies, he hasn't really directed anything significant since then. So were you surprised to see he's coming back with Doctor Strange? I wasn't. I wasn't. I think I think he, he seems pretty well regarded around, around the traps and... Like even though Spider Man Three was a bit bit rough, he did drag me to hell after that, which is very very Evil Dead esque as mm. far as the story and the over the top violence and the gore and the horror elements. And um, you know, outside of that, he's done a ton of stuff with television here and there. And I didn't even mind the um, the Wizard of Oz movie that he directed, like the Oz the Great and Powerful. I didn't mind that. You know, a bit of James Franco is. As, as the wizard things i thought that was well done he's he's just i don't know he just looks at things and is able to shoot things in a different lens i think where he can straddle the line of horror comedy better than most he can jump into buckets of guts on somebody and then a crazy zinger that you didn't expect and it can just flow seamlessly so i think he'll he'll go really well with the new mcu especially because they want to go a little bit darker and a little bit more horror-esque with dr strange so i'm uh I'm quietly confident he's going to do well. Two out of three. Oh, two cool. out of three with uh, superhero movies ain't bad. Uh, sorry, Spider-Man 2 <laughs> is one yeah, of my yeah. favorite superhero movies of all time. I love that movie so much. I think he crushed that. And the first Spider-Man movie is really good as well. I think I think Spider-Man 2 holds up incredibly well. There's so many horror elements in that. As you tell, like, there's so many things that Raimi does throughout all these movies that are the same. But the whole end fight scene with Doc Ock with the tentacles is terrifying. It's scary. Like, you just, you, you fear for the, you fear for his life. You fear for spider-man's life in that movie and i don't think there's many superhero movies you watch you're like is he gonna survive this you know what i mean but against mm. doc ock he just you know i think they do a re- he does a really good job of it. it's terrifying it's scary i think he mm. can do this well i think this is going to be this weird lovecraftian evilness of this new uh, doctor strange movie and i'm pumped 
And Darkman. No one gives him any respect. That was one of like the first superhero movies ever done. And Raimi did that because they wouldn't hook him up with the rights to do Batman or anything. So he went, stick it up your ass, Hollywood. I'm going to do my own and, and did Darkman. And Liam Neeson plays Darkman, for God's sakes. Like, you know. Yeah, the, I, never, the, I never saw that. You need to check it out. Put it on your, put it on your list. It was before Army of Darkness. Like it was, early, it would have been the start of the 90s, but it's so good yeah. too. I think 1990 in my research, but all right. The Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. There's only... Is it going to be Bridget Fonda? Because you can't really say Bruce Campbell. Yeah, look, it's either Bridget or Ted Technically, Rainey, there's really. two Bruce Campbells in this movie, so I don't know. Yeah. You, could, you could do it if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, you could give it to <laughs> Bruce Campbell for, for Evil Ash. I think it's like <laughs> almost like it's kind of sad, but it did. <laughs> you could do it to Bruce I, I'm, I want to give it to Ted Raimi because he plays like four characters in this movie. Um, probably the most notable is the guy, the S-Mart at the end, who's mm-hmm. just like forced to listen to Bruce's stories every day. And he's heard them so many times. It seems like that he's just like, uh-huh, yeah. Did you remember to, to say the line properly that time? Like, so He's obviously put up with this and, and knows the story well enough. I thought that was quite fun. I'm giving two to Bruce. I can't. I, I, the evil, evil Bruce and good Bruce. There's, there's two different Bruce's in this film. Yeah, I'm going to go Ted Raimi, but also an honourable mention to Bridget Fonda, who was also in uh, Lake Placid, another little gem of mine that I love about giant crocodiles with Bill Pullman. So uh, shout out to that movie. And Betty White. Right. Is is Bridget Fonda playing Linda? Yeah. Yep. Right. So she, is, does that make her the third consecutive actress Linda. To, to play Linda? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I did hear that there was a, a joke in the series about how many Lindas there have been. He says something like, that's where I met my first Linda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, congrats, Ted, Raimi. You've um, you've done it. I don't know how many awards he's got on the shelf, but there's one. Steve Buscemi Sparkplug Award. Is Army of Darkness still a good movie? This is our last question. And as someone that's just seen it for the first time, I have to say, yes, it's still a good movie. It's very funny. It's not too long. Like, I'm glad it was only kind of 90 minutes. 90 minute horror movies are the best thing in the world. It just, Mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's, um, you know, one scene leads into the next one. It's not hard to follow. There's nothing complex going on here really it's just a, a straightforward um pulpy kind of slapstick action like the, the surprising amount of fight scenes and stuff in this movie but it, it all just holds together well it never gets slow i never found myself really looking down at my phone um so yeah i'm gonna give it a big tick i'm sure you guys feel the same way yeah Big fat tick. Yeah, a big tick. And like, I think I, I love the fact that you hadn't seen this movie before. I think this is what's <laughs> made this great, that you hadn't seen this movie and we're pretty yeah. massive fans of it. So I think it's sort of uh, having fresh eyes on this is awesome. Um, and I think it's sort of, if you if you gave it a thumbs up, I think that's good enough for me as well. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that. You, I'm happy that you enjoyed this movie. I was pretty worried about it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I'm just coming on here and stealing everyone's thunder and suggesting a movie you haven't seen before. But I think it's made this pretty great. I think that, yeah, you can give it a thumbs up if you haven't seen it before in 2020, then that's, that's, that's a win for mm. me. Yeah, I mean, you do have to look at it through a 90s lens totally. and not be super picky with the, you know, the skeletons. Obviously, it's think stop motion or something where they're kind of the frames per second aren't exactly what we've come to yeah. like 
expect <laughs> when you watch um, something animate like that. And, you know, some of them make, like, when Sheila becomes evil and she's just got, like, basically white face paint on. Yeah. <laughs> <It's, laughs> and some look- demonic frowns on the brow. <laughs> yeah, you have to look past some of that. And it's, it's easy enough to do because it's just, you know, you suspend disbelief. And uh, you remember, like what you said before, Matt, you know, you remember what it would have been like to, to watch something like that either as a child or as as um, someone that's that hasn't seen it done better. And it's it's easy to be impressed, I think, when you do it that way. You can yeah, and you, you can tell how much they loved making this movie. You can you can see that the amount of effort they poured into all the costumes, all the effects, um, and, and obviously like, you know, Bruce the amount of love he poured into this franchise how how much of a you know torchbearer he is for this kind of movie i think like it's you can't it's infectious the love that they have for this movie you look at the interviews of of bruce after this how much he cares about the people that care about his movie he loves that and you can't you can't watch this movie and and whether you don't like it or like it or whatever however you feel about this movie you can't say that the people who made this movie didn't love making this movie they you can tell they had a great time you can tell they all cared about it um so yeah i think you can't take that away from it i think you, you, that that love for this this kind of movie is there and it's it's awesome very good all right well that's army of darkness thanks for joining us matt hope you had a fun podcast debut. my pleasure thank you for having me sorry about my tangents and just screaming into the microphone on quotes but it's what i'm all about it's fine it's fine and thanks brendan I feel like I don't need to thank you really because you're always here. But uh, I'm just part always, of the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out too, though, real quickly to the amount of um, two-string Fu Manchu beard mustaches <laughs> that are in this movie. There is, I think, I counted five different characters with the big two-string long mo beards. So, uh, mm. shout out to those guys. <laughs> All right, and shout out to our Patreon producers. You guys are awesome, and uh, of course, if you want to get behind the Eight Bit Collective and Help us do what we do. You can head over to patreon.com slash weare8bit. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. You can chip in a few dollars a month to keep the emotional lights on. And if you want to help out this podcast specifically, you can do that anytime with a five-star rating and review in your podcast service of choice, whether that's Apple, whether that's Podchaser. Go and do it right now. Uh, Thanks to Audio-Technica. Thanks to Matt for being uh, a legend over at Audio-Technica. We love you. Love you too, Thanks to... uh, Thanks to our new sponsors, Manscaped. Don't forget, 8-Bit is the offer code for 20% off and free shipping all around the world. Dear listeners, thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Until next episode, be kind. Let's get the hell out of here! <laughs> <laughs>